Section 5 of The Artist or Young Ladies Instructor in Ornamental Painting, Drawing, etc. by B. F. Gandhi. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Grecian Painting, Lesson 4 Well, Ellen, what success have you met with this time? Did you find much difficulty in mixing the grey tints for shading? Not very much. I only found the black overpower the blue and the red for the clouds and distance. But by using it more sparingly, I succeeded better. I have finished two drawings in black alone for Mama's pole screens. But if you will just put a few touches to finish them, I shall like them better. No, Ellen, I must decline doing that, and when you have duly considered the subject, I am persuaded you will agree with me that it will be preferable they should be entirely your own performance. If you have taken the greatest pains with your drawings, and get a friend to make but two or three touches in addition, no sooner is it known than all the merit and ability discovered in them are attributed to the assistance thus given and however unimportant the additions may be the mention of it conveys an impression to the mind that without them the performance would be unfit to be placed before one's friends let me see your work and i shall readily offer my advice upon it and suggest any alteration that i think desirable to be made by yourself show me the drawings for the screens first oh you have chosen one of gainsborough's landscapes this is a favourite subject with me. I see you have not introduced all the figures, as you probably thought it would be too difficult. The streaks of shade on the pond are much too hard and formal. These I should alter. And also the touches of foliage, of which you have put too many. The trees appear overdone with work. And the stones on the bank to the left are more uniform in size than has a good effect. Ah, the companion is from one of Claude's pictures. Here your effect is very good. The only thing that strikes me as being incorrect is the heaviness of the tree to the right hand. I think the artist intended to present a pleasing contrast to the eye by the spare foliage of this tree, as opposed to the thick, full masses of foliage of the large group in the middle. Your coloured performance is not quite so good a copy of my subject as I expected. The tint for the distance is too decided a purple. The yellow on the sky is also too strong, producing a gaudy effect, and the shading for the foreground has too much lake in it, giving rather a brown colour than a shadow tint. However, as before stated, practice will enable you to correct these things. I shall now proceed to the colouring. I rub a little Indian yellow on the palette, and at a short distance from it some burnt sienna, Prussian blue, and crimson lake. With a camel hair pencil of a moderate size I mix yellow and sienna for the brightest tint on the trees, working it with the brush to make it take well, but not making it very wet, or it will produce a hard outline. This will dry very slowly and so allow time to add other tints without showing a disagreeable opposition of colours. I put a little blue to the colour before used and cover the other parts of the tree, sometimes adding more burnt sienna, at others more blue, and occasionally a little lake, to vary the effect of colouring. 
and while these first tints are getting dry, I put on the color to the distant objects which will partake more of the blue and lake than the colors for the foreground. Where great strength of coloring is required, as upon objects in front, I put on colors before used a second time over those parts of trees or other objects which appear stronger in the copy, and as the colors dry considerably paler than they appear while wet, I must make allowance for this by using them darker than I otherwise should. With these colors I paint small sprigs of foliage and any objects I wish to introduce, and the effect of light can be restored with the knife as well after the painting as before. Therefore, when the coloring is finished, I restore a few spirited touches with the knife and color them faintly afterwards and finish by putting thin coats of varnish over the foreground or the whole, but not until the coloring is perfectly dry. I have now completed this subject, and at our next meeting I promise to explain to you the method of preparing the surface for this style of painting. In the meantime, you will get the subjects done for your mamma's drawing-room screens, and we will then consult with her how they shall be mounted. I think the colors are a great improvement indeed. What a pleasing picture it makes! I hear mamma coming, and as she has not yet seen my drawing, she will be anxious to know what progress I have made. Do you approve my showing the two finished drawings? She will be so pleased with them. Certainly, and we will consult her about the mounting. I hope I shall not interrupt you, as I perceive you are busily engaged. I trust Ellen has been an attentive pupil. It is very kind of your cousin to take all this trouble. Have you given satisfaction? Truly, my dear aunt, Ellen has evinced considerable application, and in consequence has succeeded beyond her own expectations. You shall, if you please, judge for yourself. We have finished our lesson for today, and want your assistance, if we may detain you a short time. These two drawings Ellen has just completed, intending them for screens for your dining-room, if you approve and will accept of them for that purpose. I am very much gratified that Ellen has thought of me. The drawings are so prettily done, I shall be proud to have them. I must consider them a joint present, for these being her first efforts in the new style, I suppose she has had considerable help from her cousin. Indeed, Mamma, they are entirely my own work. I wished Charlotte to add a little finish to them, but she positively declined doing so, and the only help she would grant me was her advice, what to alter and amend. I cannot regret this now, as I find you kindly approve of them in their present state. I am greatly obliged to your cousin for being so considerate. I have often regretted it should be so much the practice with persons who teach drawing to finish their pupils' performances. It imposes upon their friends the disagreeable necessity of explaining that the work has been so finished, and which excites a suspicion that all that is good has been effected by the tutor. Or if you have not an opportunity of explaining the circumstance, you must feel that you have unwillingly practiced an imposition by permitting the idea that it has all been done by your friend. Another great evil arising from this practice is the bad effect it produces upon the pupil's own mind, inducing a want of confidence in herself. The plan of retouching and finishing every performance is very much calculated to make students think there is some magic power in each touch, which it is vain for them to suppose they can acquire. 
thus implanting an extremely false and discouraging notion in minds frequently already too timid to make any persevering effort to conquer difficulties i term it a false notion because the real difficulty is occasioned by want of knowledge of the principles of the art and in the possession of which the master is enabled to produce so much effect with few touches as the proper information however may always be obtained either by study or tuition it cannot be indispensably requisite that a pupil's drawing should be touched by a more able hand if the student is properly informed by having the causes of failure clearly explained the same hand that spoiled the drawing in ignorance will be able to restore it when the principles of good effect are thoroughly understood i have stated this view of the subject because i am fearful ellen still entertains an idea or an impression nearly amounting to it that by some indefinable skill i am able to convert a very daub into a faultless performance i certainly have a general notion that you can transform a bad drawing into a good one with very great facility and i shall be delighted indeed when i have sufficient knowledge to succeed with equal certainty but may there not be cases when if not absolutely necessary it is highly desirable the teacher should render assistance to the pupil by way of encouragement i recollect when i learnt drawing with several other girls we were so much pleased when we had a little done for us by the master that we certainly proceeded with more courage afterwards it was like a traveller getting a lift by the way who would go on with cheerful and increased speed after being helped on his journey by a friend at hand i agree with you ma'am that it will sometimes be exceedingly useful to the juvenile student to have some assistance when several young people are learning drawing together it is next to impossible that the master should draw a whole subject before each pupil and as the most successful mode of teaching is to let learners see in what way the work is performed as well as to receive verbal instructions upon it i believe the only means of carrying this plan into effect will be to have part of their drawings done for them to show them how to proceed but then they should always be instructed to state that those drawings were executed with the assistance of the master and as specimens of their own unaided skill let them have a few that shall be entirely their own work and i would recommend that all such drawings as have the master's touches added be kept by themselves as studies for reference in future and any that are given away to friends be altogether their own production i think ellen will now understand you clearly charlotte and also see the propriety of acting upon your recommendation what did you refer to when you mentioned your wish to advise with me we wish to know in what manner you will like to have ellen's drawings mounted for fire screens i think they should correspond with the furniture of the room the curtains are drab with pink bindings but i shall be quite satisfied with your judgment charlotte a handsome embossed board of a drab colour and a neat brass moulding to the outside will be quiet and agree with the room and they may be covered at the back with pink embossed paper do you think i couldn't make them up myself charlotte perhaps if i send them to a shop so much care may not be taken of them as they require i must say from experience if you send them to any one accustomed to such work the greatest care will be taken of them but as it will be interesting to do them yourself i shall be happy to show you how to proceed 
we must get a pair of mahogany boards cut for them at a cabinet maker's and the brass mouldings to fit on loosely also the embossed boards and coloured paper at a fancy stationer's let half a teacup full of strong paste be made and bring the brush called a round sash tool with you put the drawing exactly on the middle of the embossed board and draw a pencil round it close to the edge then with a flat rule and a sharp knife cut out this middle piece rather within the pencil mark place the mahogany board upon the back of the embossed board which you perceive is larger than the wood and make a pencil line close to it cut this out with the large scissors a little within the pencil mark will it not then be too small both for the drawing and the screen also yes it will before it is pasted but you know when paper or cardboard is damped it stretches and if allowance be not made for this it will occasion some trouble in putting together the embossed paper must be marked and cut out in the same way put the paste equally over the back of the embossed cards and upon the back of the drawing also laying them on a sheet of clean paper and leave them until nearly dry then put a second coat of paste on place them on the screen and immediately put a sheet of dry clean paper over them rub upon it to and fro with a handkerchief or a towel until you have made the drawings and cardboards adhere firmly to the wood now leaving the clean paper on them place a towel folded five or six times upon them a large book or board upon that and three or four heavy weights upon that you will find some pieces of lead of about four pounds weight useful for many little purposes leave them in this state until the next day when you may put on the embossed paper in this manner paste the back of the wooden screens rather freely take the embossed paper up by the two ends and put it on the screen letting the middle of the paper bend down to reach the screen first and the ends afterwards then put the clean paper over it and press it gently all over to make it adhere as before put a lighter weight on this than on the front or it will be flattened too much leave it till the following day when the brass moulding may be screwed on and also the springs for the back End of section five.